Hey, welcome back to This Might Be Helpful. I'm your host, Cam, and I am pleased and excited to be here with you today, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, however you're feeling. How are you feeling? In your body. Feeling. Not the stories that come up when I ask that question, but how are you feeling in your body? Independent of the stories that may arise when you're asked that question. Maybe a better question is what is your state of being? When we ask a question like that, we are opening our perception up to emotional granularity rather than just seeing a beach full of sand you get to sift through the individual grains develop a more nuanced insight into the state of you in this moment maybe you hit the ground running this year if so kudos to you I had a slower start to the year, a more patient start, because I'm used to getting caught in the whirlwind, a beautiful whirlwind, a whirlwind that is intent upon becoming better than it was more refined, more optimized, more successful. <laughs> but that doesn't leave much room for savoring. And so I savored the beginning of this year. I savored time with my family, time with my daughter, watching her wake up a little more to the world each day. I really savored that. And I gave myself permission to pause, permission to be fully present and engrossed in the little glimmers that present themselves to us if we decide to open our eyes and see. So maybe you had a slow start to the year as well. Maybe it was a strange start to the year. There's a lot of energy. And I would say a general sense of optimism. I think there is a cyclical nature to all things, and I'm not aware of those great cycles and rhythms, the seen and unseen forces that influence our daily lives, but I know that they're there. And I feel that last year was a challenging year for many of us. Beautiful in its own right but challenging, nose to the grindstone type of challenging. Where is the light at the end of the tunnel type of challenging. And we have to recognize that this, this, the process, the path is a marathon, not a sprint, but 
when you're in a state of dysregulation, overstimulation and overwhelm, the nervous system will treat the process like a sprint. And that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable to constantly run out of wind, start breathing in a shallow manner, running at a frantic pace, trying to catch up to what? To what? Now this year is about breathing slowly and deeply. And I affirm that the slower I breathe, the more energized I become. I affirm that my mornings begin slow and sacred, present and perceptive, because how it starts is how it goes. And if you would like to start your mornings with the simple and the sacred, with presence and perspective, with regulation before vocation, before creation, before manifestation, then you can wake up with me on the open mindfulness platform by clicking the link in the description below. You can sign up to 31 days of free meditation and breath work to reset, recalibrate and repattern the nervous system in a few minutes each day because life is better when you're regulated and I will also be on that app as one of the teachers, which is epic. I've used Open for a couple of years now. It's been one of the only meditation apps that I have gone back to consistently. And it is really an honor to be up there with some of my favorite practitioners exploring the neurochemistry of your internal symphony looking into dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, GABA, anandamide, the subtle instruments that play the song of us. And if we can tune into that music, listen a little more closely, we can harmonize with ourselves and stop fighting our energy, start working intelligently with our chemistry. So if that sounds like a good idea to you, I would love to see you on the open platform. In the meantime, why don't you take a couple of deep breaths right now. In through the nose. Sighing it out through the mouth. In through the nose. And letting it go, just landing where you are. Into the nose, filling up all the way. And dropping into where your feet are. Because only when we're grounded do we have the equal and opposite reaction of reaching of growing towards the light. To grow, we must first ground. And that is an important thing for us to do right now because we are faced with a lot of top-down information. Lots of media, stimuli, data, information being filtered in straight through to 
the consciously overwhelmed mind. And that information gets stuck. Swirling clouds of zeros and ones without any intrinsic meaning because we've placed the emphasis on having information over integration. We've placed the emphasis on the acquisition of data without any real notion of where that data should go and what we should do with it. When we ground, we are moving our awareness back into the body. We are processing the world around us from the ground up, from the nervous system up, allowing the head to be the last thing that stacks itself upon our shoulders so that we may receive the intuitive insight of our heart, the wisdom of our being, our inner knowing, a north star, so to speak, that gets clouded when we are stuck in the swirls, cyclones, hurricanes, typhoons of information we are presented with on the DB that daily basis. So we ground, we make a practice of grounding, whatever that means for you. I've stripped my morning routine back to the fundamentals because I have a baby girl. And if there are any parents listening, you know what I'm saying. I used to have a two, maybe three hour morning routine. It didn't start off that way. You know, it started off with an extra 20 minutes in the morning before I had to go to work. Then another 20. And suddenly an hour of protected time. And then eventually start exploring more of a practice. Start relying on that practice more and more to get my head right before I went off into the day. And then you start looking at the time, you go, well, I need to have three hours in the morning to myself before I give myself to the world. And that's how it happens. You don't need three hours. I really enjoyed it at the time. But now is a different time calling forth a different practice, inviting a different pace to my day. So I've stripped my morning routine back to the fundamentals. I wake up at five. I go and get Willow from her room. And yes, she is in her own room already because of the grunting. (laughs) She's not grunting as much anymore, but she was really grunting up a storm because baby's digestive systems are not fully developed yet. But the thing was, she would grunt while she's asleep. This little baby from four weeks onwards has slept 10 hours straight every night, which is Mm, remarkable. I am so thankful. Thank you, baby girl, for being such a beautiful sleeper. It's amazing. You're amazing. 
I love you so much. More than anything, you are a focal point for the unconditional love that I have for all sentience channeled into one beautiful, blossoming little cherub. Babies are the best. <laughs> Babies are the best. <sighs> so then I get Willow from her room and I bring her into Brooke and she has a little snack, her first milk snack of the day. And then she goes back to sleep. And then I get out my yoga mat and I go outside and I begin the five Tibetans. The five Tibetans are a simple series of movements designed to enliven the spine, open up the chest and the lungs, create heat and tapas, fire in the body, and ground the, pra the practitioner into this moment. The five Tibetans take 15, 20 minutes. Each movement is performed 21 times. And I follow that with a meditation. Lately, those meditations have all been the guided meditations on open. I've skipped the days where I am the teacher because I don't need to listen to myself. <laughs> and then walk the dog. Come back breakfast with protein because that gives me the sustenance for the day to come. And then if I'm lucky and Willow's still asleep, your boy gets to squeeze in some free flow writing. And that is really an impeccable, simple start to the day that allows me to choose how the day will go rather than the world choosing for me. It doesn't need to be complex. It doesn't need to be convoluted, although there have been times where it certainly has been. But this year is about making decisions and course correcting over time, but not allowing the abundance of information to create stagnation in the body. I don't know how many YouTube videos there are on the ultimate morning routine, but if you are spending your morning watching videos about how to spend your morning, you just end up spending your morning watching videos. If you're trying to find the best exercises you should do in the morning without just doing some movement, You'll spend your time looking at what is the best for other people without knowing what is the best for you. So if you want to recalibrate and choose a simple way to wake up with vitality, strength, presence, and awareness, flowing with the five Tibetans, simple, easy, fluid, taking the decision fatigue out of some of these aspects of our days, and then you might find that as you create a habit of the five Tibetans over time, you will then naturally expand your movement, your capacity, and flow into other domains. But really choosing a foundation for yourself to build upon. That's how I'm approaching teaching yoga right now. 
is that I got a little confused towards the end of the year. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of synaptic debris by the time we wrap things up. And I was just getting a little bit confused in my sequences, almost reinventing the wheel as if this hasn't been a practice for hundreds to thousands of years. <laughs> and so we're starting with the yoga bones, baby. Sun A, Sun B, Sun C, peak, balance, cool down, savasana. And each week, making a little tweak, changing that peak. And the nice thing about repetition, about consistency within a certain domain, is that you actually have a very clear baseline through which to view your progress. And it's the, one of the beautiful aspects of Ashtanga Yoga is you're doing that same sequence. You're going to know how you are progressing. And so this year is in praise of repetition. On Sundays I write and I plan. On Mondays I record podcasts and meditation. On Tuesdays I teach. On Wednesdays we have community live meditations and discussions. On Thursdays I teach. On Fridays I flow with what I feel like. I also have a job, so to speak, so that needs to be factored into the equation for now. But I do feel a sense of optimism in the air for this year. And optimism doesn't change the facts, it just looks at them differently. It takes a neutral set of stimuli and circumstance and positively gears present factors through generative perception. It's not leaving things up to chance, but shaping the outcome of what you engage in by offering the perceiver, the observer, a means of engaging with stimuli through action aligned with positive potential. Does that make sense? Doesn't matter. Moral of the story is I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic as fuck. You gotta be. You gotta be in it for the ultimate. Bowls deep in self-trust, as a wise man once said, maybe Confucius. And loving matrimony with a universe that wants the best for you because it is you, and through the fulfillment of your present genetic potential, it gets to be all that it could be, and you get to be all that you could be. Not to say that you aren't whole, perfect, and complete in this moment. It's more about discovering the field of potentiality that exists within your whole perfect presence. Because you're not just a unfinished project born into sentience to then be cursed to a life of constant optimization 
sacrificing sensitivity, encouraging numbness so that you can effectively operate within a world that is stripped out the spiritual connection in favor of neoliberalistic capitalism. No. You are. You are here now. This year is about finding your flow. The flow that already is in this moment. Your blood is flowing. Electricity is flowing. Your heart is pumping. Your lungs are breathing. All of that is happening already. A constant, uninterrupted flow of movement, of dynamic responsiveness to the environment around you, all happening right now. Flow is here with you, with me, in this moment. When you pay attention to your breath, to the gentle beat of your heart, to the electrical chatter of a mind making sense, to the currents of air that buffer your skin, to the songs of the birds who sing for the sake of singing. All is happening in flow, in you, through you, for you. The only thing between you and that flow is the idea that flow is something you have to create. Something you have to find and cultivate. Might I suggest that you cultivate letting go of any idea that you're not in flow. Letting go of any symbolic motion, symbolic notion that flow is some perfect ethereal state without challenge, without difficulty. No, flow is just what is when resistance isn't. You can find flow in the everyday, in the mundane, all the way to the extreme. You cultivate that flow, you harmonize with the flow by letting go of resistance, by embracing responsibility, the ability to be responsive, Last year, there was a lot of learning of responsibility, of taking ownership of what is and isn't working, of what is and isn't for me, for you. Might I suggest that you don't have any money blockages. There are no blockages that are inhibiting you from financial security from a deepened connection from 
the fulfillment of your genetic potential. More and more I've realized I'm an excellent manifester. But with great power comes great responsibility. And if you want to truly manifest the life you want, you also must be willing to be responsible for that life. Responsible for the money that flows to you. Responsible for the commitments you agreed to. Responsible for upholding that which you decided. And if you cannot uphold that, if you cannot be responsible for those things, deciding to let go. Because the half-assed effort of an attention that is scattered to the wind does you no favors. And I've done that a lot. The blessing and curse of neurodivergency. The bundle of polarity in the vortex of contradictions that make me whole, that make me who I am. I mean, that that is something that I have to deal with, respond to. It's hard to say no to things you want to do. It's become much easier for me to say no to things I don't want to do. But there is great challenge in being impeccable with your word and using it in total alignment with what is for you, with how you feel. But no one's going to do that for us. We have to be the ones. So last year was experientially dense, let's say. Lots of experimentation, of trial and error and delightful disruption of comfort. It was a year of becoming, of fatherhood, of stepping into, of ownership and responsibility, of generating clarity and more than a little bit of confusion. And as we approach 2024, wait, we're here as we expand into this arbitrary distinction in lunar cycles, I feel good. I trust my path more than ever, even when the road isn't clear. I trust abundance more than ever, and I make the commitment to live it, breathe it, and see it every day, even when the conditioning of scarcity might try and shift my attention in the other direction. I trust in the great unfolding of the universe, in the work that I do, in giving and receiving, in recognizing and reciprocating. I trust in what flows in me, through me, and for me. 
and I trust the flow of you too. <sighs> happy New Year. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. And may you be free from suffering. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste.